Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and coming to you tonight from Plaxico Burris's probation officer's office, <laughs> it's the 4th and Inches show with Janet and the Sherpa. I'm the Sherpa, otherwise known as Scott Swainy on my good days, and Janet, welcome to the show tonight. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm trying to, you know, find my way to the top of this transaction pile, and I'm excited that we're an actual football league again, so we can yeah, for real like talk about fantasy value. Here. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's and much you know, better to be talking about actual it, signings than, than theoretical, so hopefully this yeah, show will be a lot of fun to do. Unfortunately, there are enough guys on probation. We could probably come have the show at a different probation officer every week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're probably going to have to skip uh, our, our usual Who Am I segment tonight, just because, not because that list is so long, we could probably do a whole show just on that, but just there, there's so many transactions and everything tonight, so we should probably get right to it. So why don't you give us the contact information, how can people reach us during the show? All right. As Scott said, we've got a jam-packed show tonight, so we may go a little bit over the hour. Just if you are listening live, something to prepare yourself with because we do have all the transactions we're going to go through, at least ones that are mostly on the offensive side of the ball since that's going to have the most fantasy value to people. And we're also going to preview every team in the NFC tonight. We're going to go team by team. So if you want to be a part of the show, there are a whole bunch of ways to contact us. Uh, You can call in at 347-677-1608 and talk to us live on air. Ask your fantasy questions, tell us who you're rooting for, whatever floats your boat. Or you can find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. And our email address is the same handle, the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. Or you can find us at FantasyFootballSherpa.com all week long because I'm sure one hour just isn't enough. <laughs> not for me, it isn't. <laughs> of course not. And I guess we should all just take a deep breath and jump right into the transactions that are <laughs> have already happened since the lockout just one was quick thing. If anybody happens to catch any of the transactions while we're doing the show, that's also another good reason to tweet us during the show. I mean, we're obviously trying to keep up with stuff because it's happening as we're on the air, but we could certainly use an assist just in case you know, something happens and we miss one. If we miss a kicker signing somewhere, we, I know we'll all be upset. So anybody want to help us out by doing that, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Okay, Jenna, take it away. All right. Uh, you know, I originally tried to make this list into some type of order, but realistically that was never going to happen. So we're just going to go right into it. Again, I'm really only going to talk about signings on the offensive side of the ball, with the one exception of the Giants signing undrafted rookie linebacker Mark, Mark Herzlick out of Boston College. Uh, everybody's seen and heard about his story, how he beat cancer, and now he's going to hopefully play for the Giants, which is pretty cool. Now hopefully he's going to beat the uh, Cowboys. <laughs> that's, a, that's a touchy subject. We'll get to the Cowboys. <laughs> okay. Um, so are you going to give us some AFC transactions, too, or just NFC? Yeah, we we did doing, the AFC last week, but there's obviously a lot of stuff that needs to get updated there, too. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch to go down here. So we'll start with the Bengals. They refuse to trade Carson Palmer, as they have been all year long. 
So he will quote-unquote retire, a.k.a. sit out all or part of this season before going to play somewhere else. The Bengals, in response to that, signed quarterback Bruce Gordkowski to a two-year deal, so that'll be fun. That's a major (laughs) upgrade there. The Browns are going to cut quarterback Jake DeLome, who made roughly $20 million between two teams last year. I wonder what he will make sitting on his couch. Uh, the Redskins officially have traded Donovan McNabb to Minnesota for a sixth-round pick in 2012 and a conditional sixth-round pick in 2013. They did restructure his deal. He's making about half the money, and it took him a whole day to approve it, which I thought was weird, but it is official now. Uh, in the quarterback carousel continuing to turn, Matt Hasselbeck signed a multi-year deal with the Titans. I think that's a good fit. The Lions re-signed quarterback Drew Stanton to be their backup. And in one of the bigger deals today, the Jets signed Santonio Holmes to a five-year deal worth about $50 million with a whole bunch of it guaranteed. <laughs> and Braylon Edwards yeah. must be loving that. Braylon Edwards has tweeted that the Jets don't seem like they really want to keep him, and it sounds like their negotiations are not going well and may actually be done. His feelings are hurt. So... Uh, they're big yet for right now. Um, do you think they'll get Asamoah or where do you think you'll end up? We'll get there. We'll get there. Just hold on. We're going through the list. You just sit tight. In our first kicker on the list, the Packers re-signed Mason Crosby, which was a good move. The Panthers re-signed running back D'Angelo Williams to a five-year, $43 million deal. He's getting paid. <laughs> Do you really think a kicker gonna... is worth as much as they're paying Crosby? Uh, yes, I think Mason Crosby is absolutely worth that much money. Absolutely. He's not the mo- uh-huh. world's most accurate kicker, but he kicks it when it counts, and that's really all that matters. They have the Super Bowl rings, don't they? Not because of him. Is it? He was a part of it. I don't think you can deny that. Well, Jay Feely was a part of the Giants Super Bowl team, well, and he actually beat the Packers with an overtime kick, you may remember. We're trying to stay on track here. We're we're okay. trying to fit this all in, so let's not worry about that now. We okay. will worry about the fact that the Giants are planning to meet with free agent Plaxico Burris on Friday, which is the earliest they're legally allowed to do it. Uh, if you're a Giants fan, you should be very worried about that. You know, I've talked to some Giants fans who are very excited about it, so it seems to be split. Sure, it's like Tiki Barber, and then we'll have the 2016 back. That sounds terrible. I don't know why you'd want to do that. (laughs) Um, But Arizona is just about done with the deal to trade for Kevin Cobb, the Eagles quarterback, and reportedly it's going to be done by the end of the week, and it's going to be for cornerback Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie and a draft pick. The deal is so close to done that for about half an hour this afternoon, the Eagles had a Dominique Rodgers-Cromartie jersey available to purchase on their team site. So, I got one already. <laughs> that's good. You're ready to roll. <laughs> I am. If he doesn't get traded, though, this, there's going to be hell to pay somewhere. Yeah, uh, the Brian, the Broncos are actively shopping Kyle Orton since they do have Tim Tebow and Brady Quinn there already. Uh, Arizona and Miami are the destinations that are most interested. Obviously, Arizona is pretty well spoken for, so he may be looking at Miami. That looks pretty, pretty enticing for both sides, but we will see. If they don't get a deal that they like, they'll just hold on to him and wait. So you think it's automatic he would start there if he goes to Miami? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't particularly like him, but then again, I like Chad Henney. So take that for what it's worth. (laughs) The Jets have reached out to, as Scott mentioned before, Namdi Ashamwa, and I don't necessarily think he lands there. If they do try to sign him, they're not going to be able to bring back Braylon Edwards. They're not going to be able to re-sign Cromartie, although Mark Sanchez and others have offered to take less money and restructure their deals to make it happen, but I think it will actually make them a lesser team and stunt their offensive growth, most notably Mark Sanchez's, if they sign him. I just There are a lot of teams that have more money available that really need him more, and I think that he's not going to end up in New York. Sorry, Jets fans. <laughs> uh, the Colts re-signed Adam Vinatieri. There's kicker number two on our list. <laughs> The Texans have re-signed wide receiver Jacoby Jones and quarterback Matt Leinart, who was rumored to be moving to Seattle to reunite with Pete Carroll, but that didn't happen. The Saints also re-signed running back Lance Moore, which is making the writing on the wall a little clearer for Reggie Bush. It's probably going to be restructure your deal or you're gone, and that's likely happening in the next day or two. The Cowboys are releasing any and everybody who's ever made a Pro Bowl on the roster, it certainly feels like at least. They are going to release wide receiver Roy Williams and running back Marion Barber. Uh, I was hoping the Roy Williams thing would happen. I thought maybe Barber had the potential to go. They also released a couple other guys and are restructuring several deals. Um... It'll be interesting. They were over the cap. They're just barely under now, and they got they got to lose a few more million if they want to sign any free agents, and they need some. We're just disappointed sure. they cut Mark Colombo. I was too. I guess he's going to be a full time uh, heavy metal singer now, though. So he's got that. Or he can do backflips. He can be a gymnast. He can be a gymnast full time, or he can just be a fan of the Fortune Inches show full time. I hope so. He does follow me on Twitter, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> but uh, there are teams interested in him, so I'm sure he'll land somewhere. Uh, the Redskins also signed quarterback Kellen Clemens today. Jets fans may remember him, but uh, John Beck is their starter. That's what they keep saying. I continue to not believe them. But <laughs> Why, you think Kellen Clemens is going to start for them? or you? Think I they're think they're on about the same skill level. I just don't think either are good enough to be full-time starters right now. Vince Young. I digress. Uh, the Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson is likely going to hold out of camp because of contract issues. His feelings are hurt that nobody's offered to extend his deal and give him millions and millions of dollars yet. He still is getting half a million dollars this year. So, really, I'd be okay with that. Um, the They're saving Ravens. the money to sign Braylon Edwards. Yeah, maybe. The Ra- the Ravens released Todd Heap, Willis McGahee, and Derek Mason. Um, I guess it's not totally unexpected, but I'm a little bit sad about it. I, I like yeah. Todd Heap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Eagles signed free agent rookie running back from West Virginia, Noel Devine. So LaShawn McCoy may have a new backup. He's also kind of small, if I remember correctly. Yo, he's very, uh, yeah. Santana Moss has re-signed with the Redskins for a three-year deal, and he's joined by a few other free agent wide receivers, which we'll get to in a minute. 
The Dolphins made a whole bunch of moves right away at 10 a.m., signing Penn State wide receiver tight end Brett Brackett and Delaware quarterback Pat Devlin, who actually started his career at Penn State. So they're all of a sudden Penn State South, it seems like, with five or six grads on the roster down there. Seattle side quarterback Tavares Jackson, as well as rookie quarterback Zach Lee out of Nebraska and Josh Portis. Uh, things just, they look real bleak out in Seattle. I just, I don't feel good about that situation. The Colts are releasing running back Mike Hart, which I guess answers a few of the questions we had last week when we were previewing them. Another part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see who ends up on top of the heap there at running back. The Redskins signed wide receiver Dante Stallworth to a one-year deal this afternoon, and they also signed wide receiver Brandon Stokely to a one-year deal. So they're they're definitely making some moves in their receiving Didn't they area. also sign, uh, or they traded for Jamar Gaffney too? Yep, that's what I'm getting to. They traded okay. the, from the Broncos for wide receiver Jabbar Gaffney for defensive end Jeremy Jarman. And another kicker alert, Alindo Mare is uh, missing in action for a little while. He was released and turned up in Seattle, signed a four-year deal with, uh, left Seattle and turned up in Carolina, signing a four-year deal with the Panthers. Uh, that'll be interesting. I <laughs> I guess we'll see how that works Did he get out. as much money as Mason Crosby? Uh, no, but he did get a fair amount of cash. He's okay. He's definitely not not hurting for money, that's for sure. Uh, Seattle now needs to find a kicker as well as several other positions. But the Panthers also signed tight end Ben Hartsock to a two-year deal. And as I mentioned, Braylon Edwards is on the outs with the Jets, so he may be popping up on somebody else's roster soon. Kicker number four of our broadcast, Ryan Longwell, got a four-year deal today from the Vikings as well. And Sidney Rice left Minnesota and is signing a five-year deal with Seattle. That, I guess, is going to be Tavares Jackson's deep threat. They're trying to recreate some magic, which didn't really exist in Minnesota. I don't know why it would in Seattle. You see, I think they're trying to deliberately sabotage the team so that they get Andrew Luck to throw to Sidney Rice next year. The decisions they make there are so not logical and well thought out that I don't think they have to actively try to sabotage the team. They just do it on their own. (laughs) But Steve Breston signed a five-year deal with Kansas City, which I'm sure Scott is over the moon about. They'll put him over the top for the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. (laughs) Another week. Another week we'll get into that. Uh, Running back Ahmed Bradshaw is torn between the Dolphins and the Giants. He reportedly last week would prefer to stay in New York but could go to Miami if there's more money. Now he says neither team has the upper hand. Uh, Hopefully he decides soon because training camp is opening. And 49ers running back Frank Gore is planning to hold out because he's unhappy with his contract. He's in a contract year. His feelings are hurt because no, he hasn't talked to anybody from the team. I don't know if he knew that there was a lockout, and they've been trying to get a hold of him this week and haven't been able to, so I don't know what he's doing. He's also coming off hip surgery, so maybe he should play a few games before he gets bent out of shape. Nobody's offered him an extension. He's getting a little old for an extension, too. <sighs> and what What are we, 10 minutes in? We're done. <laughs> We're done with transactions. For the you already moment, mentioned D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams, I think I did. I have him on my list. He did resign. He was making okay. millions and millions of dollars. 
So, yeah, okay. five-year, $43 million deal. We got him. So that probably drives up Ahmad Bradshaw's value then. I think so. But it'll be – obviously, it's a matter of who's going to give him the most money. Or who, who, whoever doesn't sign Braylon Edwards. Well, we'll see. Um – but uh, I guess we should we should just get right into our uh, NFC previews. Sounds good. Why don't we start with the NFC East and start with the New York Giants? Why don't we? So <laughs> why don't we? <laughs> I saw something that the Giants had traded for Carlos Beltran, and then I realized I was in the wrong sport. So anyway, no, he, I don't know. He's he's got good size. Maybe he would make a nice tight. They do need a wide receiver, and he might be able to help them there, but I'm guessing that's not happening. But So what, what's your overall assessment of the Giants and what they've done or haven't done? Should they sign Plax? Where, where do you see them going? Um, you know, I had a long talk with a Giants fan about this this afternoon, this whole Plaxico-Burris thing. Um, I just – the NFC East is – I feel like every team's kind of in flux right now. There are definite glaring holes on all four teams. And the Giants are no exception, although I think they're making out better in the way of stability than a lot of teams, as much as it pains me to say as a Cowboys fan that. Uh, It's no secret if you've ever listened to the show that I do not like Eli Manning. (laughs) I don't think he's an elite quarterback. Um, But quite frankly, the receiving core is beat up. Uh, Steve Smith, we talked about this before. I, I'm i concerned about injuries with all of them. They're coming off major surgeries. They're young. It makes me a little nervous. Bring Plexico Burris in on paper might look good, but he's been out of the league. He's older. Uh, granted, he's tall, but so is every other receiver on the Giants. They don't have a problem with height. My biggest problem is he clearly doesn't have very good decision-making skills, and you just don't know what you're going to get out of him at this point. He might be in good shape. But he's shape, a changed he man now. <laughs> sure he is. He hasn't taken a hit from, you know, a, a big bad defense in a few years. <laughs> and the, the, the law. Right. The law did get him. It got him hard. But yes. I just, I don't, I think the most natural fit is for him to go back to the Giants, and I think that's ultimately where he will go. I just don't necessarily think it's a good move for the team overall. I just, I don't know how I feel about it. They're, they also. Him, I think I'd go released, back to the Steelers. Well, he's talking to the Steelers as well. He's going to meet with them too, and he's going to end up in one of them. So obviously, you can go home again, is the moral of this story. But. One concern I have is the Giants released Sean O'Hara, their center, today. And they signed the 49ers' old center, which I guess probably for less money. But, you know, the center is like the quarterback of the offensive line, and I just I think O'Hara was a good asset, and I'm concerned that he's not there anymore. Working with a new center and in a smaller time constraint, I think is going to be an issue for Eli, who already kind of has a butterfinger situation. He had five fumbles last year um, and 25 interceptions, which I don't love. But I think the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to make the playoffs. Hard to tell. I mean, there's still so much work that they need to do, especially on the offensive line. I mean, not only did they let O'Hara go, but they also let uh, Rich Siebert, their guard, go. So, you know, that's 
right there, and I think they're letting uh, Sean Andrews go too. So that's you know, it's a real big you know, problem. Two fifths of their line, and you know, their their primary backup on the line that they're they're tossing overboard there. So I mean, I guess it's possible that they could go out and resign those guys for less money, but especially you know O'Hara now, you know that they you know, signed the the new center. Mm-hmm. They're they're probably not going to sign him. I if, wouldn't. Think. If Ahmad Bradshaw doesn't come back it's going to be a real big problem. But if they get Bradshaw back, I think they're still a playoff team. I don't know. I mean, Brandon Jack- Brandon Jacobs is certainly capable, and they still have Danny Ware, and they have Darrell Scott now. And you know, I, I'm not so concerned there. I mean, what concerns me more about them are the defense, which we're not talking about. And you know, you know, I'd like to see them re-sign Kevin Boss, which they haven't done yet. And... Yeah, I think they'll be fine with Knicks and Manningham. If they sign another veteran, great. Otherwise, maybe Ramses Barden steps up or Victor Cruz or, or somebody. I, I'm, you know, I don't know. Even Eli, that's not really my main concern as a Giants fan. But, uh, you yeah, know, we'll see. I, I think I agree with you, you know, almost by default. Actually, I, I think the Eagles should win that division unless they you know, do so something too. really... If if Michael Vick can stay healthy and Deshaun Jackson comes back, (laughs) they can win that division. (laughs) Even if he didn't, I mean, they'd still have a pretty good receiving core, but, you know, obviously they're a lot better with him than without him. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, I guess, should we talk about the Eagles since we kind of segued to them? Sure, why not? Let's, Let's just dive right in there. Um... They're going to trade Kevin Cobb. He's not going to stick around. I think that's a problem because, although, quite frankly, their backup is is pretty solid. We saw him a little bit last year. But Michael Vick, I don't think. Yeah, Mike Kafka. Um, I just, I don't think Michael Vick can stay healthy for an entire season. He's just, he's too mobile. I'm. I watch a lot of Eagles games because I live outside of Philadelphia and I kind of have to by law. But it's it's stressful watching him play football because he's so vulnerable because he's just leaving the pocket all the time. Um, but I think I think you're right. By default, kind of the Eagles are going to win this division. The Cowboys are sort of a mess. The Redskins are a big time mess, and the Giants they'll hang in there. But the Eagles they've got a pretty good defense. I mean, obviously Michael Vick when he's healthy is great. LaShawn McCoy as a running back is phenomenal. And then you've got Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin. Riley Cooper, I think, is going to have a breakout year this year. And you've got a couple – you've got the rookie kicker, Alex Henry, we talked about a little bit. And, you know, they've got most of the pieces they need. Yeah, I I agree. You you know, who knows how everything – I mean, they lost, uh, you know, Quentin Michael, I think. But, you know, the – you know, safeties are relatively easily replaced, and I think. And the one thing but, that the Eagles have always been good at is knowing when a guy's career is pretty much done. When they trade a guy or they let him go and someone else picks him up and pay, gives him a three-year deal, they're never there for three years. They have about no, half a good season and then drop off. It's amazing. I don't know how they do it. So you think that's going to happen with David Akers, too? Hey, probably, which is probably why the Cowboys will sign him. Yeah, that could be. But I agree with what you said just in terms of standings. The Eagles should win that division, and then I would think the Giants and the Cowboys would be duking it out for second and possibly wild card shot, and then the the Redskins will 
be bringing up the rear as they have the last few years, I would imagine. Yes. Yes, they were. Brent Selleck, any fantasy value for him this year, or you think that, I know we've talked about it before, that he and Vic didn't seem to have any chemistry last year, but you think that changes at all this year? I don't. If there hadn't been a lockout, maybe, but I just don't think there's enough time for chemistry to develop with them. I mean, if it didn't happen all last season, I don't know why it's going to now. All right, let's move on, and why don't we hit your favorite team next? Oh, the Cowboys. Uh, Like we mentioned in the transaction mile-long list, uh, they released Marion Barber. They released Roy Williams, which Roy Williams needed to go. He was basically just taking up space and money, which wasn't great. Um, he was a good mentor Marian for Barber, Des Bryant, though. <laughs> Des Bryant, he's doing real good right now. Um, At least he's not carrying anybody's shoulder pads. No, but if he could stay out of jail, that would be great. He doesn't seem inclined to do he that. He just needs to home. pay his bills, his jewelry bills, and he'll be fine. Yeah, um, Marion Barber became Marion Barber became expendable because he had a problem staying healthy, and Tashard Choice really shone when he had opportunities last year. So, Choice no longer is a deep sleeper. He's become a, a viable fantasy candidate now. Uh, I think the one-two punch of of Felix Jones and Tashard Choice is one of the best in the league, running back wise. Uh, hopefully Tony Romo stays healthy. Jason Witten is always an asset, hurt or not, he always plays. And there's a couple of good receivers, but our offensive line is a joke. Our defensive line is a bigger joke. And our defense as a whole is not very intimidating. I thought there was some talk that they were interested in Asimov, too. I mean, not maybe one of the front runners like the Jets. There's no way we have the money for it. No way. There are going to be teams who can offer him $50 million, and the Cowboys maybe have 12. <laughs> well, but do you think there's any two questions for you about the Cowboys fantasy value-wise? Is okay. Martellus Bennett, is he going to get enough playing time this year in two tight end sets to be worth anything as a tight end? Uh, it would have to be a very deep league. Jason Witten is heads and shoulders above where he is. Martellus Bennett is a very good tight end, and when he gets chances, he he's great. But the problem is I, there's just not enough opportunities. But is Witten going to stay healthy the whole season or no? I mean, he plays sure, you could. ankles and bloody noses. If he misses a game, it's, like, newsworthy. He he plays through anything. As long as the all other his guy, are still on his body, he's fine. The other guy I wanted to ask you about was their rookie running back, DeMarco Murray. Is he going to factor into their offense much? Is he somebody that people should be targeting as a sleeper pick towards the end of their draft if they need one more running back? Um, I would say no, unless you're really out of options when you're in a, a deep you know, 20-team league with a deep roster. Just because Jones and Shard Choice, if – Unless Felix Jones gets hurt, and if you see him look like he's got a bruise on the sideline, maybe go pick him up. But it's going to be tough for him to get any kind of looks. I mean, to shard choice, the only time he was ever in a game was when somebody was physically unable to play. So it's just it's hard. All right. Anything else you want to add about the Cowboys, or should we move on? We can move on. They're just kind of making me sad. All right. <laughs> So, well, 
speaking of sad, that's a great segue into our last team in the NFC East, and that would be the Washington Redskins. Yes. So, to me, it doesn't look like there's a heck of a lot of fantasy value there, certainly not among the quarterbacks, whether it's John Becker, Kellen Clemens, or somebody else like Vince Young that they might bring in and sign. I just don't see much of anything going on there. Running back-wise, it's a little bit tough to know what you know, they're going to do there. I mean, James Davis is still there. Ryan Terrain is still there. If he could stay healthy, he might be a worthwhile pick. Uh, they picked up uh, Roy you know, Halo as a as a rookie this year in the draft, uh, Evan Royster is he, there. Halu and Evan Royster, I think, are very, very real sleeper opportunities. I'd pick either one of them over DeMarco Murray if I'm looking to add somebody in a late round. How about Ryan Terrain? How, where would you rank him among um, running back? And they still have Keelan Williams, too, I think. But we're assuming for a minute that Ryan Terrain is the starter there. Where do you think he ranks? among NFL running backs? I think he's kind of middle of the pack. Um, I just He's a good running back, but my issue is that there's really not going to be much of a passing game to protect him, and defenses can key in on him all day, and he's just going to get totally beat up. I would Do I draft Ryan Terrain or no Sean Moreno? Uh, well, I think I'd rather have Ryan Terrain. Ryan Terrain or Marshawn Lynch? Ryan Terrain. Marshawn Lynch isn't going to have enough touches. Ryan Terrain or LeGarrett Blunt? Mm, maybe LeGarrett Blunt. Uh, Ryan Terrain or Ryan Grant? Ryan Grant. <laughs> you don't think, uh, well, we'll get to them later. Okay, yeah, um, tight end-wise, I know you're a big Chris Cooley fan. Does he still have it? Is he still worth picking, or is Fred Davis going to eventually usurp his role? Chris Cooley is absolutely still worth picking. I love him. Uh, you're always preaching to us that young quarterbacks need to use a tight end like a security blanket, and Chris Cooley absolutely can be that. I think if I had to pick one person on this team, if I could only draft one Redskin, it would be Chris Cooley. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at their wide receiving core there, because as you mentioned, they went from you know, having Anthony Armstrong as their number one wide receiver mm-hmm. a couple of days ago to now where you know he's arguably, arguably number five or number six on their depth chart. I mean, they went out and mm-hmm. re-signed Santana Moss, and they signed Stallworth, and they traded for Gaffney, and you know they've and they got Stokely there. Stokely. Yeah, and you know they've got. Lenard Hankerson, who they took in the draft. So all of a sudden, they seem like they're chock, they're chock full of wide receiver options. Maybe none of them they great, really but they just don't have anybody that you know you really have confidence can get the ball to them. But you know, somewhere in there, one of those guys is going to get at least six, seven hundred yards receiving this year. If you had to guess just one, who do you think it is? If I had to guess one. I might go with Santana Moss if I had to guess one. I think I'd either go with Moss or Armstrong. I'm still hoping. Just because they're there. They know the system. They have some semblance of chemistry with John Beck. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I they just, do. I'd be, I'd be wary of, 
of drafting any of their receivers just because of the unstability of quarterback and because there are so many good receivers all of a sudden, it's hard to know who's going to get the ball. All of a sudden, it's like New Orleans. You just don't know from week to week who's going to be the guy. Well, suppose just for the sake of argument that <clears throat> Tyler Thigpen, who I think signed with Buffalo today, wins the job there and the Bills decide that they're going to cut Ryan Fitzpatrick and he ends up signing with the Redskins, or that the Redskins pick up some other veteran quarterback. Don't the Redskins still have Rex Grossman? Isn't he still under contract with them? Yes, he is. You're right. Or Yes. So so you think that, um, all right, so I guess maybe their wide receivers would have some value, but I thought I saw something that was speculating Grossman would actually end up starting, but we'll see. Well, they've come out and said over and over it's going to be John Beck, at least to start the season. He's their guy. But Rex Grossman clearly came in and was effective to an extent at the end of last year, so I don't think you can rule him out. I think Kellen Clemens is is kind of the odd man out right now unless he comes in and is a superstar, which would be shocking. Plus, Grossman is the only one of the three that's led a team to a Super Bowl. Which was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, goodness. We'll put him in that category with Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson and uh, Ringo Starr. Just happy to be here. But (laughs) anyway, why don't we continue then and uh, move on to the NFC North. All right. So let's start with the Minnesota Vikings. They did some really interesting things, assuming that uh, the McNabb thing gets finalized. I I actually like that move a lot for them. I know a lot of people were criticizing them, saying they should have... You do or do not like that move? I do. I do like it. I like it yeah, a lot more than I thought I would, actually. Yeah, I mean, the other options that were out there, you know, they're not going to go out and sign Matt Hasselbeck, who hasn't shown that he can stay healthy the last few years. And McNabb, you know, maybe he wasn't as accurate last year, but you know, who knows how much of that was but him and how much of that was He didn't line. have a lot of help receiver-wise either. And, I mean, he doesn't have a ton more help quite frankly, since Sidney Rice left town, but he's. I feel like the the Vikings as an organization is a positive step up for him, and realistically, when you look at it, their quarterback just got seven years younger, and Donovan McNabb's in his 30s. <laughs> like, That's true, but he's probably going to get, their quarterback's probably going to get another 10 years younger at some point during the season when they move to Christian Ponder, well, but and the thing I like about it is that McNabb, if he struggles or if he gets hurt, it's not that big of a deal because Joe Webb, he was good last year. He was I thought he was fine for the fact that he had almost no experience. And they have Christian Ponder, who's already said he's excited to learn from McNabb, and I think that could be a really good mentor-mentee relationship. I think that could, this is a really, really positive move for the Vikings. I, I agree, although Ponder also said in that same tweet that he wants to compete for the opening day job, but of course, what else is he going to say? He, He's not going to say, I'll be happy. I mean, the, the, they're going to give him a look, but realistically, McNabb's going to start the season. He may I not agree. start every game, and I'd be surprised if he did, quite frankly, but Christian Ponder will get his looks. They'll give him some snaps in a couple quarters. Well, suppose you're the Vikings and you start off the season 5-2 and two or six and three or seven and four and you're in the playoff hunt with McNabb there. I, I think you let him quarterback the whole season and you know just let well, yeah, Ponder but I mean McNabb's older and if you're in a game where you're blowing somebody out or you're getting blown out, 
throw Christian Ponder out there for the fourth quarter or the second half. I mean, he does need rest. He is kind of a fragile quarterback. He gets injured frequently. But that's also partly because he does try to be a running quarterback sometimes, mistakenly. But if he can but he stay doesn't in the have to do that with the Vikings, with Adrian Peterson there, obviously. And, you know, you look at their passing game, and Percy Harvin is there, and I guess we'll find out whether he's really a, a number one receiver and whether he can really play a flanker spot as opposed mm-hmm. to being a slot receiver. And, you know, who knows whether you know, Bernard Berrien will be back. Greg Camarillo did a lot for them last year when he came over from Miami, and they mm-hmm. went out and signed uh, Devin Armashadu, too. So yeah. not that he's and any they have great. Shanko at tight end, who's like another receiver, basically. And, and they also drafted. Catches, he catches a ton of balls out of the backfield too. Yeah, that's that's not really his strong suit, but. But he can. Know, They've got he, the flexibility. They can probably throw to him more than they have for sure, but. And then they also drafted. Um, Kyle Rudolph is a second mm-hmm. tight end, and they talked some, at least before they signed McNabb, about running two tight end sets. And, you know, probably now with Sidney Rice gone, they're more likely to do right. that. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But, of I course, the main we'll thing is that to... they signed Ryan Longwell. But, yeah. Right. Of course. And their defense, the their defense still has Jared Allen. They're still, you know, above average. Um, I think we'll know in the first couple of weeks of the season if it's going to work or it's not going to. I think we'll have an idea pretty quick if McNabb's going to work. I bet he does, but we'll see. I I feel like a lot of things are pointing in a positive direction there, much more so than the Redskins he left behind and the Brett Favre drama of last year. I think this is a good, fresh start for both of them. I would feel comfortable drafting McNabb as a second quarterback this year. Yeah. And I've n- the I've other never guy, been I'm... a big McNabb fan, obviously as a Cowboys fan, but I think as a second quarterback, I I would think about it. I'd definitely consider it. All right, here's one for you on the Vikings. Toby Gerhardt, worth a late round pick or no? Um, I would say yes, just because Peterson, he's He's not the most sturdy running back in the world. He gets dinged up. He misses some downs. And and Gerhardt, you know, he kind of stepped out a little bit last year, and I think he's got the potential to grow somewhere this year. I think it's worth a flyer if you're in a deep league with a lot of teams. I wouldn't pass up a sure thing, though. And they also took Lorenzo Booker away from, or signed him away from Miami, but uh, Gerhardt's really the number two guy there, pretty obviously. So that's going to be an interesting team this year. I actually think that that whole division is going to be pretty interesting. And obviously Green Bay is the class of the division, barring any catastrophes to Aaron Rodgers. they, They should win that division pretty handily. But as far as I can see, Maybe the Vikings and the Bears are a step above the Lions, but yeah, really? that, that could be a three-way dogfight for for second. In my mind, I think the Lions are number two, and I think that the Vikings maybe can challenge them. But I think the I think the Bears could finish third or fourth. But I think this is going to be two, three, and four are going to be very close together. The only reason I wouldn't 
pick the Lions for second. I think they have the highest ceiling of those three teams, but again, Matthew Stafford hasn't stayed healthy, you know, for a whole season and you know, we're about to, to find out then, you know, just you know, how are. good he can be and I'm excited you know, their defense their line their defensive line should be much improved, but they haven't really done a lot yet as far as beefing up their secondary, which was the the weak point there. And I guess it's one of those things I was having the discussion with a friend of mine earlier this evening. We were talking about the Jets, and he said, well, if the Jets sign Namdi Asamoah to go with Darrell Revis, it doesn't really matter how good their front seven or even their front nine is, and I'm not sure I agree with that. But here it's almost the reverse. You're counting on Nick Fairley coming in and playing well and the Lions – front three being so good that you know that might mitigate some of the you know shortcomings they have in the secondary but uh, it's going to be interesting to see which approach wins out there I think it will and I I think we should probably just go ahead and talk about the Lions now <laughs> Yeah, we may as well do that. So Matthew Stafford, how where do you think he's going to finish this year? Is he a top 10 quarterback, top 15? Where where would you rank him? Assuming you were to stay healthy for the whole season, where would you put him? I'm so excited about Matthew Stafford. If he can stay healthy, I think maybe he could be number 10 on the list of top 10. You're sounding as high on him this year as I was last year, so maybe I was just a year early about him, but we'll see. Maybe, but I was was big on on Javid Best last year, so it all evens out, I guess. I'm still excited about Javid Best, and I'm – I really think the Lions are going to be good. I think they finish second in this division. I think they go to the playoffs. Hmm, that's that's a pretty bold prediction there. I, I, well, you have yeah. you have your Chiefs. I'm I'm going to stay with the Lions. <laughs> well, predicting the Lions to to finish second in the division isn't quite uh, predicting the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl, but uh, it's it's still a pretty bold prediction. So. I'm not certifiable, but I could get there. (laughs) Okay. Well, how about Michael LaShore? Is he going to have any impact as a rookie running back? Is he someone we should be looking at in in drafts? And if so, you know, is he just an end-of-the-draft guy, or is he somebody that could eventually take over that that number one back uh, position from job at best? I don't think there's any way he takes it over short of best having a season-ending injury. I think he could be a late late round in the draft guy for sure. I mean, obviously the Lions have no qualms about starting a rookie running back. They did it last year. So I think he'll get some time, especially since Best, you know, had the turf toe issues last year and was banged up a little bit. They kind of are going to rein him in a little bit if LaShore can show that he's capable of carrying some of the load. I think that's absolutely possible. And you just know Chris Berman is going to give him the nickname Roll Your Boat. <laughs> It's very, very possible. <laughs> right. Now, Maurice Morris, he seems to pop up every year for a couple games. I assume he's somebody we can just leave for the waiver wire then? Yes, yes, I think so. All right. Now, wide receiver-wise, Calvin Johnson, number one receiver in football, number two, number where Where do you rank him right now? I know um, we I did our top five know. list a couple weeks ago, but I think I we think both had Roddy White as one, but where would you yeah, put Calvin Yeah, he's top down? five. He's not number one, though. I think top he's three? probably probably top three. I I'm comfortable. So with Roddy White, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson. Yeah, I mean, maybe he and Andre Johnson to me are, are almost interchangeable. Okay, 
Now, Larry Fitzgerald, with I guess we'll get to him later, so I'll just hold off. Yeah, on let's that just thought. focus but on the Lions. Let's Nate, <laughs> Nate Burleson, is he Nate Burleson or Titus Young? Either of those guys worth picking up? Nate Burleson, maybe late in a draft. I think there are, are other options, but he's going to get targets. Calvin Johnson can't get every target, and he's going to be double teamed every every play. So I think Burleson, maybe this is the year he steps up. We know he's got the potential to. See, I think their their second leading receiver is going to be either Javid Best or Brandon Pettigrew, their their tight end, who I'm pretty high I have, on. I mean, if I had to pick a wide receiver, Nate Burleson would be the second one I'd take. Brandon Pettigrew, I think, is absolutely going to be number two on the team in receiving. I think he's a phenomenal tight end. Where would you put Pettigrew up against, say, uh, Jermichael Finley, if you had your choice of both of those guys, say, in the seventh or eighth round of a 12-team draft? Which way do you go there? That's tough. They're both coming off injuries and, and have problems staying healthy, but because I'm such an Aaron Rodgers fanatic, maybe Jermichael Finley gets the edge, but I I love them both, both tight ends, both quarterbacks. I think Rodgers is a little more proven, and Pettigrew is going to get keyed in on a little more than Jermichael Finley, I think. I'm going to go with Pettigrew just because I think the, the Packers – wide receiver core top to bottom is a lot stronger than the Lions. I mean, after you know, Calvin Johnson, it's pretty much Calvin Johnson and the seven dwarves at this point. I mean, Burleson and Young should be better than dwarves. But, yeah, I, I think, like I said, I could see Pettigrew being their second or third leading receiver, whereas Finley could conceivably be the, the fourth or fifth leading receiver on the Packers, you know, given their depth there. So I, I think I'd go we'll, Pettigrew. We'll but get to the Packers. Okay. <laughs> so... Why don't we close yeah. the book on the Lions and just move over to the Packers since we spent half our, our, our Lion time talking about the, the Packers. So, you okay, I know you're a big Packer. I'm talking about the Packers. <laughs> well, we're in this together, so let's let's go to the Packers. And and Aaron Rodgers, you can't, I can't say good enough, I can't say good thing, enough good things about him, so I'll let you say them. Um, Obviously, anyone who's ever listened to the show knows that I live and die with Aaron Rodgers when it comes to fantasy football, and I have for the last two years. So obviously it's not going to change now. I'm just going to have a little more competition in trying to draft him now that he's got a Super Bowl ring. Uh, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's for sure top five. Uh, and I think this team is its going to be one of the elite teams in the league. They're going back to the playoffs with a vengeance. I just They're on a different level than the Bears and the Lions and the Vikings right now. Just top to bottom, their team is so much more depth. Suppose the unthinkable happens and Aaron Rodgers has a season-ending injury a la Tom Brady in the first game of the season. Are they a playoff team still with Matt Flynn as quarterback? And what mm. I'm, why I'm asking that is I'm just wondering if Matt Flynn were to get shipped off to some place like Washington or someplace that you know, still could use a quarterback. I don't think they're going to do that. They're not going to let so that Monday night game against New England didn't impress you that much then. I I just they're not going to trade Matt Flynn. You can't you just can't do that. <laughs> There's nobody else back there. So you well, can't if they went out and signed, I don't know, Vince Young or someone, not that they would, but you know, That would be still... that would be a downgrade. I don't think there's somebody available that you can go out and sign that's going to be 
better than what you have in Matt Flynn now because he knows the offense, he knows the players, he knows the team, and that goes a long way in a lockout. If this is a regular season, maybe, but there's no chance that happens this year. Do I think they're a playoff team with Matt Flynn? Maybe. I don't think they're going to go very far in the playoffs, but I think they might still be. They have a lot of weapons. All right, speaking of weapons, let's talk about their mess at running back, or at least I think it's a mess. Who starts there, Ryan Grant, James Starks? Who do you think has more fantasy value during the course of the season? I think Ryan Grant does, uh, but we did have a little movement on Twitter last year during the playoffs called Coon and Friends talking about the Packers' backfield with James Starks, who we nicknamed Mintberry Crunch, and John Coon. I think they have a lot of good options back there. It just I don't necessarily think Ryan Grant is a clear-cut number one the way that, say, somebody like Adrian Peterson is, where you know he's going to get the majority of the touches. They found out last year when Grant was hurt that they have a lot of good options. So I think it's more he's not going to have every snap the way that he would have in years past. See, last year I was finding Ryan Grant, I would have ranked as one of the top five or six running backs going into the season just because I thought that much yeah. of Green Bay's offense. But obviously, you know, he he lasted until the third round in most drafts last year. I could get him and think, oh, I just snagged a first-round value in the third round. And, of course, that went up in smoke with his injury. But I just mm-hmm. wonder, is he fully healthy or not? Or are we going to see even, you know, more of James Starks this year than we did at the end of last year? I think so. I just... Ryan Grant may be healthy, but I just think that it's it's hard to not use running backs you know can get the job done as well. Like, why are you going to let Ryan Grant hang out to dry and potentially have another season-ending injury when you can rotate a little more? Yeah, I'm just I'm just wondering if he's even recovered to start with, but I guess we'll find that out soon enough. But well, I don't think I would. Well, training camp hasn't opened for them yet, so it's hard to no, say. No, that's true. <laughs> But I don't think I'd count on either of those guys as more than, say, a third running back or a flex-type guy this year in in a draft. I want to draft pretty sure things at running back, and to me neither one of those guys counts as a sure thing going into this season. I give them more credit than you do, but All right. that's okay because we play in some of the same fantasy leagues. So that's right. right. <laughs> so, so why don't we talk Rick Jennings, top five receiver? I, I think I'd put him right outside the top three that we were talking about before. I I don't think I'd say top five for him. I think he's top ten for sure, and he's maybe just a little outside top five, but I don't know if he's a top five for me. He's great. He's an elite wide receiver. He's just not one of the five best in the league right now. Um, Greg Jennings or Dwayne Bowe? Greg Jennings. All right, Wayne Greg Bowe's Jennings or Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, this year, Greg Jennings. All right, so now back to the Packers then. Donald Driver, does he have any fantasy value? Is he done? Are they going to re-sign James Jones? What, what's the, what's I your think, take on I all think that? Donald Driver still has some fantasy value. I, I don't would know what they're going to do with second wide Jones? receiver, or would he be like a bench-wide receiver guy for you to start the season? He's probably more of a flex player for me to start the season. All right. James Jones, if he re-signs him, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is lobbying for that, but where does he fit into the mix? Is he going to overtake Driver to be their number two receiver this year or no? I don't think so. Um, but I disagree, I, but we'll I don't, see who's right. We'll find out. 
I don't think you're taking Donald Driver if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league, but I think for a single season league, I think you can take Donald Driver and be all right. The same James Jones did not resign there. Where where do you think he'd be a good fit? Could the Cowboys use someone like him? Yeah, uh, we absolutely could. So could a lot of teams. He's not asking. I'm sure he's not asking for a ton of money, but he can grow as a player. I bet he would They're fit in well with Arizona now that they lost Preston. They'll probably have some cash I to throw around. I think he could fit in on almost any team, realistically. I don't think there would be a front runner. Anybody would take him. Except the Chiefs are stacked at wide receiver now, so they don't need him. But Oh, my God. But, We're moving on. <laughs> all right. Jordy Nelson, any fantasy value? He did pretty well as when Jones got hurt last year, and he was their third wide receiver. Is he somebody we should be targeting think, at the end of drafts, or do you leave I him alone? and? No. Right. I would so, I would not touch him. <laughs> so Jordy Nelson, you would say no. All right. So how about if um, they do resign James Jones, do I take him or Jordan Shipley towards the end of the draft? Jordan Shipley. All right. Okay, moving on. Tight end, Michael Finley. I think we both agree that he's you know, got at least top five talent. You know, in the mm-hmm. tight end position, but as you've remarked a number of times too, tight end seems to be a lot deeper the last year or so than it has the last year or two than it has been in quite some time. So, if you don't get a Jermichael Finley or or you know someone like that, or or you know, Antonio Gates, there's there's probably going to be a Tony Gonzalez or, or uh, Greg Olson or someone there that'll be left uh, towards the middle of the later stages of your draft. Yeah. So speaking of Greg Olson, why don't we segue over to the Chicago Bears there? And Hold on one second. Five... Hold on one second. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. Let's tell people, let's remind them how they can get a hold of us. Oh, We're yeah. down to about the last five minutes of the show here, so we are going to be going over our our normal hour. So you've got five minutes. You can call in and chat with us at 347-677-1608, or you can get a hold of us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. You can also email us at the same handle, the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com, or go on Facebook to the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. Where we could just speak like chipmunks for the last five minutes and get through two divisions in five minutes. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's look at the but All right. So let's look at the Bears. Other than dissing his his uh, fiance Jay Cutler, what do you think of him? Is he where where would you rank him? Is he a top fifteen quarterback, a top ten quarterback? Where where does he rank in your book? I think calling him a top ten quarterback would be a joke. He also called off his wedding, so he I guess has less distractions now. Um, I don't think he's an elite quarterback because he's so focused on football. That's why he called it off. Well, maybe he should stop throwing so many interceptions, and I'd feel better about him as a football player. No, I think it's Olin Kreutz's fault, but anyway. So, Cutler, is he a quarterback one for you? Is he a quarterback two? Do you just hold your nose? I I try not to draft him if I can avoid it. I take quarterbacks earlier so I don't have to deal with him because I don't like his up-and-down behavior. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, as long as he plays well, I don't care about how he behaves. But no, but, I just uh, I don't I just I don't like a lot of things about him, so I prefer to stay away from him. But he's a quarterback too on most teams. 
All right. Now, here's a guy that I find really intriguing because I think he's a lot better than most people give him credit for, especially in PPR leagues, and that's Matt Forte. Is he a top five running back for you in PPR no. format? Top ten? Where no. Where does he? Where do you like him? Maybe top ten. Absolutely not top five, though. No chance. Not even in a point per reception league. Nope. Not even in a PPR league. <laughs> huh. I may disagree no. with you on that, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I I don't know. That that's so you would take I'm just trying to think, LaShawn McCoy. We we were looking at Adrian Peterson and Chris Johnson, I think, as fairly one dimensional running backs when we were ranking our top five PPR guys a couple In my weeks top ago. five PPR guys, I've got Arian Foster, Ray Rice, LaShawn McCoy, Chris Johnson, and Richard Mendenhall. No Matt Forte. No? I think nope. he would be in mine. If he's not five, he's the sixth one. But I guess I just I like him more than you do. on the low end of a top ten for me. He's not right. Now, wide receiver-wise, are any of these guys ever going to distinguish themselves? I mean, we know they're down to yes. three guys now because Aramashadu signed with the Vikings. But Johnny Knox, Devin Hester, Earl Bennett, are any of those guys worth drafting is a wide receiver too or do you just you know hold off and let somebody else take the risk there or maybe trap them as a backup wide receiver how do you play that uh i would take johnny knox as a wide receiver too maybe i'd absolutely take him as flex player he's the only one i want out of the wide receiver core there but i i like johnny knox no, I'm just I'm not sold on him yet but we'll see how about greg olson is he going to be back and are are you thinking that you would want to draft him? Is he one of those guys that once the, the top options are off the shelf for tight ends that, you know, if you see him and, you know, see Tony Gonzalez sitting around? No, the, I don't the, want any part of Greg Olson. I think he's a bust. He was a bust last year. He and had he's a pretty decent season last year. He he certainly he did a lot better than people two games without a catch him. and five more with just one catch. That sounds like but a bust. He did a lot better in some games than people thought he was going to do in a Mike Martz offense. You know, we just kept, and, and I was one of those people that said, "Oh, this just seems like a really, you know, match not made in heaven." But yeah, it's a bad know. fit. All right. I just I don't like it. I don't want any part of him. Okay, I think we're done with the Bears then. I think so, we are. <laughs> all right, let's move along to the Carolina Panthers, who have been one of the more active teams in free agency the first couple of days. So, quarterback, I, I assume we both want to stay away from, from that mess? Yes, because even though they're you know, claiming it's going to be a good situation, I, nobody's going to keep the job very long. They're going to get crushed. This team's not that good. I, I'm not excited about Cam Newton at all. First, Big Lawson. Just nothing about this team... I I don't like looking at anything about it, really. <laughs> really, I, I'm pretty high on their running game, especially now that they re-signed D'Angelo Williams and they have Stewart, and if need be, Mike Goodson's still there. But, yeah, Steve Smith is probably a goner. You know, he's the kind of guy that could help a lot of teams. But, you know, David Geddes and uh, Brandon LaFell did pretty well last year when they had the opportunity to play. Do either of those guys have any sleeper potential in your mind or... Or is that uh, offset by the, the mess at quarterback? 
I think there are other places you could find sleepers because it is going to be a hot mess at quarterback, but if I had to pick one, I'd take LaFell as a deep sleeper. Hmm. I think I might take Gattis, but maybe I'm just being contrarian. But Probably. We'll All right. You do like and to do that. <laughs> I do like to do that. And so we've already talked about Orlando Mare, so there's no need to cover that ground again. Jeremy Shockey, is he somebody whose career is going to get back on track in Carolina? Is he just done and we should ignore him on draft day? Um, If you forget to draft a second tight end in a two tight end league or you like draft backups at positions like tight end, maybe Jeremy Shockey's worth a look because their receivers are kind of depressing on paper and <laughs> And they're going to try to throw the ball. I mean, they're going to have to sometimes, and it seems like Shockey may be the guy who gets it. Uh, I bet you he's no higher than third. I'll bet that both Gettis and LaFell have more receiving yards than he does this year. I will, bet, I will take that bet. I would bet both of those guys wind up with at least 750 receiving yards this year, no matter You're who's ridiculous. quarterback. That's, that's insane. Look, even the worst NFL teams wind up with 2,500 to 3,000 yards and receiving yards, and you figure... They're going to you know, they're gonna throw to the running back sometimes, whoever of the three is on the field. They are, but, I mean, running backs aren't going to get 500 yards of receiving, and even Shockey, if he has a, a tremendous year, is going to get, you know, 700, 800 yards. So that's maybe... You know, ceiling-wise, thirteen hundred between the two of them. So, you're you're talking, you know, at least. Well, I guess we're down to twelve hundred now. If you assume that the quarterbacks would only throw for twenty-five hundred yards, but you know, that's still you know, an average of six hundred, you know, yards for the two of them. But uh, we'll okay. see. I mean, I we know they have to, other. We need to move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is getting well, my, too far. My point off is that. that I think either of those guys are. are uh, I, th- I think you're wrong, but we'll find out. <laughs> All right, we'll find out. That's the great thing about this. So, anyway, moving right along to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Josh Freeman, is he a quarterback one, or are you only looking at him as a quarterback two this year? Uh, I think he's a borderline quarterback one. I really, really like Josh Freeman. I just think that they just don't have enough pieces quite yet that he's a for sure quarterback one. I love him as a quarterback two option for sure. So what if if Aurelius Ben actually stays healthy and and they have a one-two wide receiver punch of Mike Williams and Aurelius Ben, then Josh Freeman or Jay Cutler? Josh Freeman. I think I still go Cutler, even though I do like Freeman. I hate Jay I think Cutler. I'm more. I think I'm more of a Kellen Winslow fan than you are. I would put Winslow in that same bucket with Tony Gonzalez and Greg Olson, but it sounds to me like you're probably not that high on him. I like I like Kellen Winslow better than Greg Olson for sure. A lot better. I don't love him, but he's got a better quarterback. Um, Kellen Winslow or Tony Gonzalez? <laughs> mm, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, I think I agree with him. Toss off. I think I agree with you. I think it's close. All right. So is that enough? Oh, we didn't talk about the running back situation there. Garrett Blunt, is he going to be worth drafting 
this year as a running back one based on what he did at the end of last season? Is he a running back two? Is he just going to be a bust? What, what's your take on there? It doesn't sound like they're going to bring back either Cadillac or I, I think that they have a functional offense for the first time in a while, and I think that he'll benefit from that in that you know they have passing options as well, that it's not just a one-dimensional offense. And I think I think he can grow and be a a solid running back. I think by the end of the year, maybe he's got the potential to be a running back one. I would draft him more as a running back two right now. What if, and Ronnie Brown, if he were to land there, does that um, change your mind about LeGarrette Blunt at all or not really? No. Ronnie Brown needs to show me he can actually do something before I'm going to get interested in taking him over somebody else. I think I like Ronnie Brown a little bit more than you do. but mm-hmm. So Mike Williams, is he a wide receiver one based on what he did last year, or are you still looking at him as a wide receiver two or three type? I think he's he could be a borderline one. I really believe in Josh Freeman as a quarterback, which helps. He, he's got a more stable situation offensively than a lot of teams do. True. All right, I think we're done with them. Let's talk about the two heavyweights in this division, that being the Saints and the Falcons. So, first of all, let's let's go with the Saints. Let's go go with the Saints. Saints. So, Drew Brees, no question about it, top three, arguably even the the number one quarterback out there. Running back, that could be a little bit messy. We've got Pierre Thomas's back. Mark Ingram is in now, and they're paying him a lot, well, as much as they can pay rookies now. Reggie and they brought Bush, back Lance Moore, who I guess is kind of a, a quasi-everything. Yeah, I still think of him as more of a slot receiver type. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that Reggie Bush and Lance Moore are essentially the same kind of player and that they might mm-hmm. not have enough uh, catches to go around. And they brought back the, the whole gang at wide receiver, too, so they still have... Mr. Injury Prone Colston and Devery Henderson and Robert Meach and Mike. It's yeah. it's so weird. I think Breeze is obviously one of the best guys, but other than Colston, I don't think I want any of those wide receivers just because I never know from one game to the next which one of those guys is no. you're gonna get the most catches. And same thing running back wise, I don't know what they're gonna do, how they're gonna split carries between Thomas and Ingram. So I, I think I probably avoid that situation until at least my third or fourth running back, by which point those guys are both probably gone. Right, and they can be somebody else's headache. I'm okay with that. All right, Uh, tight end Jimmy Graham, what do you think of him? Is he someone that uh, is a a tight end one this year, just given the offense he's playing in and how he ended up last year, or are you going to take a pass on him? No, he's not a tight end one for me. There are too many other options there, and there's too many good tight ends. I mean, Four games does not an elite tight end make. <laughs> but most people are saying Legarrette Blunt is a, in, you know, worthy of a running back one now, based on what how he did other, at the end of How last many season. other running backs are viably on that roster that are going to challenge him? He's got well, seven other guys who are going to take I mean, targets away from him. It's not the same at all. <laughs> Jimmy okay, Graham is like the seventh option of who's going to get the ball in that offense. At best. I disagree. I bet you he winds up their second leading receiver after Marcus Colston. Not a chance. We'll see. see. There are going to be running backs ahead of him in catches. Oh, I I disagree with that, but I guess that's part of what makes this fun. 
So anything else we want to say about that? We don't need to talk about Garrett Hartley. If you need they a kicker, they are either, going to but. finish number two in this division to the Falcons. They're not winning the division this year. I agree with you. Or at least I hope I. You know what? I, I disagree. I'm going to change my mind on. Well, no, I can't because I picked the Falcons to win the Super Bowl. Although they could do that as a wild card team. But the thing moving. All right, we're moving on. We're segueing to the Falcons here. The thing we're that worries about me about the Falcons is their offensive line. You know, they've had the three free agents, and I don't think they've signed any of those guys yet. And you know, what's how? What impact is that going to have on Matt Ryan and crew? It'll have some impact, but Matt Ryan thinks well on his feet. There are other offensive linemen that have been cut by other teams and released by other teams that can come in and be a stopgap. It's not going to be perfect, but they've got a lot of offensive weapons at quarterback, at running back, at wide receiver, sort of at tight end, that there are options he can get the ball to somebody quickly. I don't think it's going to affect him as much as it would another team. So are you a big um, Michael... Turner fan, do you think Jacquees Rogers is going to have more yards than Turner? Do you think yeah, Noel Devine is going to wind gonna up? Be, with... Turner's going to be the number one guy for sure here. I think he's still a, a number one running back, but I don't think his numbers are going to be quite as huge. Last year I would have agreed with you about Turner. I, I think I rated him more highly than most people do. I think I'm a bit pessimistic about him this year just because I don't know if he I'm not convinced he can stay healthy long enough to be a number one running back yardage-wise and you know, also that they have the two rookies there. I'm not sure I'd consider him a, a one anymore. A two, yes, but I'm just, yeah, there's too much risk there for me to take him as a one. How about Matt Ryan, definite uh, number one quarterback for you? QB1. QB1, I love Matt Ryan. I love his top weapons. Top five, top ten, or how highly do you rank him? He's absolutely top ten, top ten. I want to put him in my top five, but I have about eight guys there, so I'm going to say he's just right on right. the border of five. He might be five. Okay. So Roddy White, I think we both agree, he's probably the our number one ranked wide receiver going into the season now. How yeah. about the rookie Julio Jones? Oftentimes people say, oh, leave rookies alone. They're not worth drafting. But with all I the double coverage him. that Roddy White will – you know, tend to get, and even Tony Gonzalez on occasion, you would think Julio Jones could probably catch 50, 60 balls in that offense. I think he absolutely can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to draft him. I think that he's got a lot of potential. He was one of those guys that was drafted on the first day and legally got a playbook. He's been working with the team. I in those, you know, team organized workouts before the lockout ended, and I think he's gonna fit the in. Player well. organized workout. Yeah, player organized. Sorry, I just I don't think there's going to be a a huge difference between him and some other already established wide receivers. I think he's going to be a good player to look at this year. Who has more receiving yards this year, uh, Julio Jones or, or Chad Ochocinco? Julio Jones. You think? <laughs> yeah, Even if Chad Ochocinco winds up someplace I like know. New England or someplace, or I don't okay. know. I wouldn't. If right. I were a GM, I wouldn't bring him in, but. Well, I'm just Let's saying that I, I think in fantasy drafts, I'll bet that Chad Johnson, excuse me, Chad Ochocinco still goes higher than Julio Jones in most drafts. You disagree? That's good, because then I can scoop in and get Julio Jones. Okay, well, no, you won't, because I'm going to take him before you do. Let's move on. All right, Tony Gonzalez, is he still in tight end one or not? 
not there are other guys I'd go with before him, but I think he's still an option. I don't think he's done yet, but I think there are some better options. Well, better options, yes, but if you're in a 12, 10-12-team league, I think he's still a borderline tight end one. I think he still gets you. I he's think not he's gonna be borderline, yeah, but I'm not going to, you know, with my seventh round. I think he's still good for 700, six. 800 yards. Well, we're going to find out. I think he can. he's maybe 11 or 12. I don't think he's All right. know, 7 or 8. But it, it sounds like we both agree on how we would rank this division, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa, Carolina. Mm-hmm, yep. All right. So let's move on then. The NFC mess. I mean West. Um, the sad, sad West. Yeah, the the sad, sad West. And this this division just you know, is no fun to talk about. But Carolina, I mean Arizona may <laughs> slip there. Arizona may arguably have the best quarterback in the division if they succeed in in getting Kevin Cobb. Now, how good do I you would, think he I can would be in that offense? I would say Sam Bradford's a better quarterback. Yeah. Okay, I, I yeah, I would I agree with that. I, I spoke too soon there. But uh, <laughs> so so you think Bradford has the most value of the quarterbacks there, but where does By Kevin far. Cobb is he someone you would take as a QB two in in a twelve team league or is he someone that you let somebody else take the chance on him or leave him as waiver wire fodder? I'm gonna t- let somebody else take the chance on him. I uh, the way I draft it would not get to the point where I would have to have Kevin Cobb as QB two. All right, so <laughs> sorry. So Cobb, now, what are they going to do running back-wise? Beanie Wells, Tim Hightower, either of those guys worth drafting? Or are they both? Are they just waiting for somebody else to get signed there so that they? Ryan Ryan Williams, the rookie they there. drafted, I think is going to have a good year. I think Beanie Wells and Tim Hightower are going to be factors. I don't know if I I'd, I'd love to. None of these guys are cute, are running back one. I think they're more of a three or a flex, but I would I'd consider Beanie Wells and the <clears throat> the rookie Ryan Williams for sure. So you would take them both ahead of Hightower then. Mhm. All right. Yeah. I I actually think Wells is going to be better. I bet Wells ends up with at least <clears throat> 800 yards this season, but we'll see if that uh, comes to pass or not. Now, wide receiver wise, that's going to be interesting because right now they've got. You know, they just lost Steve Breston, as we said, to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl-bound Chiefs. And they've got Larry Fitzgerald and Early Doucette as their projected starters right now. Fitzgerald with Cobb, you, you still don't like that combination in terms of... Uh, I like the combination. I just guy. don't think... I just I don't think Larry Fitzgerald's a top-five receiver right now. And all defenses because are going to do all day is, is go at Larry Fitzgerald. I think it's going to be real tough for him this year. Now, say that they either don't get Cobb or that he just stinks out the joint and, and, uh, well, even if they stink out the joint, they're going to be committed to so much money to him that they're not going to be able to bring in a Carson I don't think Kevin Cobb is a good quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. He's yeah, not shown that so much with the Eagles. That's because he hasn't it's had the games chances. were against the when Lions been or in, the, been the all right. Browns. I believe in Kevin Cobb. I'm not saying I don't. I just think there are better quarterback options with more to offer on their offense. I mean, when you have one receiver, no tight ends, it's a little sketchy. All right. 
And I was going to make some comments about Jay Feely's tweeting, but since we're running behind, I'll I'll pass on that. So, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, Alex Smith, um, i guessing neither one of us would want to draft him. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, uh, what do you think of him? Is he going to play much as a rookie this year? Is he somebody no. you... No. No, you don't think Alex so. Smith, Alex Smith's going to get better. He's going to get fixed. I would take a flyer on him late. What makes you think that Harb- uh, that Smith is going to get better? Is it just because of uh, Jim Harbaugh being because there, of or Harbaugh. something else? Yeah, because of Harbaugh. I think he's going to be all right. He's not. Gonna, he's going to be better than he was. I don't think Kaepernick's going to get a lot of time. Um, hopefully, Crabtree is a decent receiver. Maybe Tegan Jr. steps up. I don't know. Somebody's got to step up there because he's got to throw to somebody other than Vernon Davis. Well, he still has Josh Morgan and Crabtree and. You know, all from last year. The the thing that concerns me is really that Frank Gore thing. You know, just if he's holding out, that's I mean, they don't have really. And coming off coming off major hip surgery. Yeah, I just don't see them really having much of a a running game behind him. And if he's out, I, I just feel, think. That I feel like Smith it's going to be whoever, kind of a lost year for them. Just, if Gore comes in and stays healthy, which is very big if, I I think they. You know, could have a decent season, but I'll bet that Colin Kaepernick actually starts more than half their games this year and is going to lead rookie quarterbacks in yards, but that still doesn't make him worth drafting on draft day. He'll be on the waiver wire when you're looking for him. So, um, Crabtree, is he a wide receiver too, or would you just stay away from him? I take him as a very, very deep league wide receiver too. He's more of a three to me. All right, and Vernon Davis, wide receiver one, top five, top ten? Tight end one? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. So, Okay, let's, so we're done with rolling. them. Now, Sam Bradford, as you alluded to before, is the best quarterback in the division. You know, mm-hmm. My mistake before on on, uh, on Cobb if he gets traded there. But So Bradford, is he a quarterback one yet, or is he kind of in that uh, – same Netherland as Josh he's Freeman, where you're not quite he's, sure whether he's a I would, one or a two. I don't know. I think they're at about the same place. He just doesn't have as many proven wide receiver options yet. That's that's my big issue. Well, I think Freeman has more wide receiver options to throw to, or at least better ones at this point than uh, than Bradford does. But I think Bradford's upside might be a little bit higher. But we'll see. So. How about Steven Jackson? Is he still a running back one, or are you avoiding him because of the injury risk? I avoid him. I just I don't want anything to do with him. If he falls to me at a running back two, yeah, I'll take him, but he's not going to be my number one running back. I, I agree with you. Wide receivers, they've got a ton of them. Who knows who's going to be starting there? Do you see any value there? And it's so who? I think I'd be tempted to rank uh, Danny Amendola as their most valuable wide receiver, especially in a PPR I so. league. I, I would I'd take a flyer on Amendola. So Denario Alexander, Gibson, Donnie Avery, none of that excites you, Marty Gilliard? No. Nope. All right. So tight end wise they don't have anything that we I think is really worth speaking about. So no. that brings us to Seattle, Tavares Jackson, Charlie Whitehurst, who what gets the it? job, does it matter? Do we care? No, uh, I think they're going to start Tavares Jackson, from what I understand. Uh, 
And he's got Sidney Rice now, which some people will get excited about. I'm not particularly. I don't like Tavares Jackson. Sidney Rice has a problem staying healthy. I don't really like much about the Seahawks. See, I think there is some fantasy value there. I think Marshawn Lynch could be. I'll I'll make a a friendly prediction that Marshawn Lynch ends up with more rushing yards this year than LeGarrette Blount. I'll take that. (laughs) All right. And wide receiver-wise, I think if Rice is able to stay healthy and no gay, he's he's coming off major hip surgery, yes, but he's still Mm -hmm. only 24 years old, so he should be fairly... You know, resilient, but you've when got he shows Sydney me Rice. he can stay healthy, yeah, I'll start believing, but not yet. Well, I would take him as a wide receiver too, you know, with the potential to play as a you know wide receiver one production. But with maybe Rice and Williams there, I think their passing game could be a little bit better than people expect. And Ben Abamanu Ob- did pretty well last year when given the. Chance. You know, they still have Golden Tate, who didn't really do much his rookie year. Deion Butler's still there. John Carlson is hopefully healthy now at tight end. I, I think if if they get a quarterback that is you know proves to be halfway decent, I think they could have a better offense. And the people problem are giving is them that person is not Tavares Jackson. I'm not sure. I agree with you. I I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, that <laughs> I'm offense not, I'm in Minnesota didn't do him well, but <laughs> all right, we'll see. So, anything else we want to say about? So, why don't we? Who's who's winning the the West this year? And I'm uh, guessing it's not. And will they finish above 500 or not? Yeah, it's St. Louis. They're going to finish above 500. All right. So, so it sounds like we're we're pretty much in agreement there. So, St. Louis. I'll go St. Louis, San Francisco, uh, Seattle, Arizona. How do you think that division is going to pan out? Um, I'm going to go St. Louis, obviously number one. I might go Arizona, maybe the 49ers. I think either one of them, because I actually believe in Alex Smith. I think the Seahawks are dead last without a competition. (laughs) Yeah, I think, well, we'll see. I think they they could potentially win the division again, but, you know, that's... I might make the St. Louis a slight favorite, but I really think, again, just like last year, you could probably toss all four names in a bag and pull one out and have just as good a chance of being right as if you analyze them. I think St. Louis is a very good team. I I think they're going to win that easily. No, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that, especially you know, then I don't know who their leading receiver is going to be unless they sign somebody, and I'm not sure that Steven Jackson will stay healthy, but... You know, if they have somebody to throw to, I, I'm confident Sam Bradford can get the ball to them. So, anyway, anything right, well, else? Let's give the contact info once more and get out of here. Yeah, you can find us all week long on FantasyFootballSherpa.com, on Facebook under the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can talk to us on Twitter at 4th and Inches Show. That's the number 4, T-H-N, Inches Show. The number 4, T-H-N, Inches Show. And where email is under the same handle, the number four THN inches show at gmail.com. And we'll be back here again next week, Wednesday, 9.30 to 10.30 Eastern. And we promise to try and keep it to just an hour next week. <laughs> we will keep it to just an hour next week, and we'll have fewer transactions to discuss, too. Yes, and we're getting closer and closer to the start of the season, which is exciting. Yes, I'm still I'm still upset and 
sobbing uncontrollably about the loss of the Hall of Fame game, but uh, I'm probably alone in that. So, anyway, good night, everyone. Have a good week. Thanks for listening.